It's the Cardiff Rugby Podcast. Connacht have just got a five-try victory over Zebra at a wet and windy sports ground. I've got Lindley McKenzie. Evening. And Dave Finn. Buongiorno tutti. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a small podcast today. Everyone else has had to run off and do their various bits and pieces. So um, that was an efficient one, Lindley. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? I mean, that's what everyone craved for. That's what everyone, what Connaught needed. That's what the fans needed. That's what the whole season for Connaught was riding very much. You know, so early in the season, had Connaught lost this match, it would have put a real dampener on. And Connaught would have been fighting a battle and the confidence, you know, starts to go down and the crowds go down. So, yeah, vital, vital win. And not only that, but they, they, they did it comfortably and they did it efficiently. And, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was much needed and, and well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, you know, gives us, puts us in third in the table as it stands at the moment, Dave. Yeah, it's... It, it's good. To, it's, it's nice to have one of those games where you know, with about 15, 15 20 minutes to go, that game's won. You just want to get through it. You want to avoid injuries. Yeah, and we did. We seemed to come out. No, Dustin's uh, initial report said there's no, no, no injuries. Everybody got a run out. We've used forty six guys over the course of the last two days. Um, just positive. And the fact is that to a certain degree, yeah, the last 10, 15 minutes was a little bit was a little bit dull, boring until we went down to fourteen men because Paul Boyer was taken off. But uh, yeah, that's how I like it. I like I like being able to relax in the last fifteen minutes. Go, yeah, efficient. Lot to work on still, but yeah, grand. Okay, let's listen to what William's thoughts were as I chatted to him as the game progressed. Right, William, we're about five minutes before kickoff. Huge game for both teams, really. Yeah, it's an important game. I mean, Connacht lost last week. Zebra won. Uh, Connacht would be expected to win this. Uh, they've gone through a good warm-up. Zebra's warm-up was quite relaxed, I'd have to say. Uh, a bit old-style, actually, compared to what you see now. Uh, it's dried up a little bit. Uh, decent enough crowd have come in. But it's an important game. First 20 minutes here, Connacht want to be running around these guys, not at them. No need for an arm wrestle. Use your speed, use your width, uh, and you need accuracy for that. So hopefully they'll handle what could be a very damp ball. Yeah, we'll talk again on 20 minutes. And Caelan Blades picked up a loose ball after Zebra won the line out, and he's made 20, 30 metres into the 22. Now another pass, and all of a sudden, Boyle is going towards the line. The Connacht number eight has seemingly got over the line. It's a marvellous piece of play from Caelan Blade. The ball was kicked ahead and uh, he scooped it up. We've just been talking about how difficult it has been for people to handle the ball up to this point, but Caelan Blade in full flight scoops the ball up, then he gets tackled, he manages to retain possession, it gets recycled, and uh, I think it was Paul Boyle has uh, gathered the ball and has yeah. driven for the line, and it looks like he's got the touchdown. I think he's going to the TMO. He most certainly is. But he it's a great piece of play from Caelan Blade there. It's just coming up to 20 minutes. Connacht lead by 10 points nil with a, a try by new man Boyle, Paul Boyle. Um, been okay so far, William. Well, it's not enthralling, Alan, but it's uh, <laughs> it's going along. A uh, lot of stopping and starting at the uh, resets for the scrums. Everything seems to just be going really slowly. It's partly due to the referee who's just not getting it moving. Uh, Connacht are doing okay they're in control of the boot slightly concerned they've lost three lineouts. a little bit of inaccuracy with the rain coming down again but Zebra look a bit tentative they certainly do they, they didn't look up for this game I have to say I didn't think they did anyway no their warm up was very low key and their performance on the field at the moment is not what you expect from them um, but we'll see but as the rain starts to belt down now it's, it's really up to Connacht to seize this 20 minutes in the second half and, and really put the pressure on. 
It is indeed. We'll talk again on halftime. 17-3 at halftime. Another try from Paul Boyle. Will Robin Copeland be worried about his position? <laughs> well, it's good to see a bit of competition. Adequate performance by Connacht. Conditions uh, have been difficult. Uh, Zebre haven't offered a lot. They just got themselves back in there for about 10 minutes. Connacht defended well when they had to. And um, generally, they're, they're, they're well in control of the game, but you just like them now to seize it very early in the second half, tighten up a little bit and, and, and really put pressure on, because I, I think out wide, I think they've got, the, they've got the winning of this game. I agree. Let's hope that that rain shower is the last of the rain shower and um, we get a dry second half. We'll talk again on 60 Minutes. Delahunt to throw into this lineout. Connick searching for the bonus point try. His penalty has given them an opportunity to make an amends for a disappointing Sinbin period where they didn't get enough. They've got the ball, they've secured it. Munru was the target. The mall went in the right direction. They have the advantage now. Free play for Connick into 22. What can they do? With Godwin takes the pass and just falls to his knees immediately because he just tried to secure the ball and it just wasn't happening. Connick forwards getting back on their feet and getting into this. A lot of determination as they hit the rooks. They're underneath the post. They're eight metres out. And a carry is needed here and Quinru is often offering. Fienga clears out. Ball comes back to the left-hand side. Carty kicks to the corner. Oh, great work from Griffin as he held that. What a try from Griffin. That was not easy to hold. Four tries for Connacht. Job done. OK. Just 60 minutes, William, and Connacht have secured a bonus point. Yep. Uh, it's been a pretty tough second half. Two yellow cards for Zebre. They seem to have got a bit overexcited a couple of times, but uh, kind of just worked really hard here, and they've, they've, got, they've got a nice bonus point, and it's a matter of seeing the game out now. Conditions are getting probably harder, so a uh, chance for the guys on the bench to come on and play well, stick to the patterns, and uh, get the job done. We talk again on full-time. Full-time score, 32 points to Connacht, 11 to Zebra. Classic Connacht-Zebra game, William. Yeah, they got the win, got the bonus point, got the season off to a start now on the wins column. Uh, decent enough performance. They played better in the second half. Physical game, Zebra two cards at one stage. Still a lot to work on, but I think they'll be, they'll be happier with that because they're expected to win a game like this and they've gone and done it. And that's what they'll take out of it. And we saw Kieran Marmion come on and play a good 30 minutes so yeah job done there's not there's not much more you can say Zebre weren't I thought they'd be better I thought they'd be more up for it and I think maybe partly because Connacht didn't let them yeah especially didn't give them a toehold early in the game which is probably the key and uh, focus will swiftly switch to Edinburgh it will indeed next thing we'll hear will probably be some interviews Thanks to SportsNewsIreland.com for their sponsorship of the podcast. Go to SportsNewsIreland.com for all your Connacht rugby team news. All right, Andy Friend, first of all, that's a huge result. It's just what you needed on the scoreboard, but also in a scrappy night, it probably was an overall good performance too. Yeah, I was really happy with that performance. Yeah, we definitely needed the win. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought we've, we've played some good rugby in the preseason and... Uh, we had our chances last weekend. We weren't good enough to take them, but to come out to bounce back and and Zebra's a good football side. Yeah, they played well last weekend against the Kings, and 
uh, just said to the boys down there, you didn't let them play well today, which is real credit to them, and uh, it was a very good win for us. Was there an approach to this game for conditions? Was there an approach just for the way Zebra played that maybe was slightly different than previous weeks? I, I note that Zebra gained more metres with ball in hand than Connacht, which is unusual in a game where the scoreline is so one-sided. Yeah, we, we talked about our control with the ball. You know, and last week we were guilty of being a little bit frantic with the ball. And I thought that first 20 minutes, you know, we controlled territory, we controlled the game when we had the ball, um, and we managed to get points off the back of that. Uh, we probably lost our way a little bit in the, at the start of, or in the middle of that first half, uh, but I thought the way we came out in the second half was really, uh, really focused and diligent again, and uh, and built that lead to to a lead that was probably unattainable for, for Zebra. What were the contributing factors to losing your way a little bit in that first half? As you say, that second quarter was scrappy. Though. Oh, so I think you know you, you get 14 points up, and you probably feel like you can you can uh, play a little bit more, but. Um, I, I hold a view that if you're trying to play conditions and an opposition, you're probably going to lose the battle. And uh, we didn't in the first half, or in the first 20 minutes. We just we played the conditions. Uh, we were smart with the conditions in terms of what we did with the ball. Probably got a little bit loose um, at the back end of that first half. But what was really pleasing, we we turned it around, we came back, and I thought our forwards laid a great platform for us. Into platform, I was going to say set piece connect were excellent. All right, the first few lineups didn't go well, but obviously they sorted that, and the scrums were dominant. Our set piece all pre-season has been really, really strong. Um, yeah, so to see uh, that set piece function and perform and out and outperform a very good Zebrae pack, I thought was really, really pleasing. So real credit to uh, to our whole forward pack. Our tight five always get uh, big accolades for the job they do there. It's a tough start to the season. We've said this a few times. Six points on the board going to Edinburgh. You'll probably take that and and go at that game as best you can. Uh, last week was last week. We were disappointed, as, as we talked about last week. Um, and you never come away from a loss happy with it. Uh, we knew we needed a big performance today. We did. Edinburgh is going to be um, smarting from, from what happened there last night. I thought they were a good side last night and opened a little door there for Ulster, and Ulster good enough to come through. So they'll be keen to make amends to that. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we know we've got a big job ahead of us, and we'll get ourselves ready and head over there. Uh, Thursday to get ready for a big game on Friday. I have to ask you about the man at the match, Paul. Paul. Uh, people are going to be really excited about what he's done. Yeah, Anderson, he's he's done that every game he's played. You know, he um, he uh, first performance in Breve in the preseason. Um, you know, who the hell's this bloke? And and off he went. And but he's continued doing that. You know, and a message to the to the whole squad when I came in. That, you know, age age is not a barrier for you fellas. If you're good enough, I'm going to pick you. And Boiler's testament to that. He's uh, he's just continued to deliver. Um, and he's tough. And when you watch his game, though, it's, it, it, he's just workmanlike in everything he does. He carries hard. He tackles hard. He's, he, he knows his role. He knows who he's meant to be. He bounces off the ground quick. He works hard off the football. It's, it's a pretty simple formula, um, but he's doing it really well, and he definitely deserves that amount of match today. Dennis Buckley, very satisfying result for Connacht, but a big all-round performance as well. Got the job done, five points. Yeah, no, pretty happy dressing room there. Great to get a win on the board. You know, we were pretty frustrated after last week. Um, fr from the outside, okay, it looked quite positive to to go to be play so well against Glasgow, but but inside, you know, I think we left that game behind us. Um, pretty frustrating week, pretty hard Monday last week. So to put put a few of those wrongs right today was was pretty satisfying. Yeah. Just Andy Friend there mentioned the fact that he tried to take even a little bit more focus off the opposition and more on yourselves. It was interesting to see how you adapted to conditions, but it wasn't really about Zebra, it was about how you performed yourselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, we didn't really prefer, pre prepare for the weather to be as bad as it was, but I think when it is like that, it's all about doing your basics really well, and we had a big focus all week on our jobs, our process, and then 
when we see the conditions like this, it even it even emphasizes that a little bit more that you just have to nail your basics really, really well individually, nail your roles um, as a collective, nail nail your maps, nail nail your detail. And I think we did that. It was um, probably the word to say is professional performance. You know, we, we, we found a weapon at scrum time. We we used that really well. We didn't force it. Um, wet game. We did we didn't get into to to a game of sevens with them, just throwing the ball around. We controlled the tempo really well and we managed them and, 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 and got a good win. Edinburgh's tough next week. What have you got to adjust for that game or what have you got to change or is there anything to change? Yeah, well, it starts up front. You know, they've, they've got a really good set piece so it'll, it'll, it'll be about us uh, going, fire, going meeting that with fire, um, trying to get some dominance there. You know, that if you get dominance against their set piece, you'll usually win. Um, and then it's about tempo. You know, they defend really, really well. Um, they like to control the opposition's attack in terms of how they exit and everything. They 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 don't like to be counterattacked against. They they just try and control the tempo, etc. So it's about us attacking with tempo and speeding up the game a little bit, trying to get some dominance as set piece and and just do our do our jobs. You know, we 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 have a pretty good uh, game plan at the moment. Um, We've got a lot of good moves and, and stuff that we score tries many around the pitch. So it's about us just nailing our detail and, and playing with real tempo against them. I think. Right, I wasn't in the, the meeting room, so I'll, I'll get you guys to tell me what was said. I suppose it was it was all positive, really, which is great. Um, you know, I think after that that performance last week, which you know, I think Andy Friend described it as kind of like um, it was something that they weren't kind of expecting, um, and to come out here today um, and do what they did it was, you know, what they had been training what they had they had expected to do last week because he said it sort of came out of that blew the performance last week particularly after the three pre-season victories that they had so to come out to take control right from the right from the very beginning very very pleased with the defensive areas obviously this time which he said they had spent a lot of time on during the week obviously very pleased with the set piece great scrum against against a very good a very good Italian pack mm. and the, the the I think the defensive area was was one of the most key because if you remember last year when Zebra won here they and they did start to tr- they did do a little bit of that late in, in late the in the second yeah. late in the game they were able to when you know Connor were probably a little bit tired and you know made the changes etc but it stopped Zebra from playing the game that they like to play and that is that kind of erratic kind of loose um, and they have the players to play it, but they they were stopped dead in their tracks. And Connacht got a stranglehold on that game in the first 20 minutes. And I think that's, you know, what Andy Friend was most delighted with that they had taken that stranglehold on the game. So, what were Dennis Buckley's thoughts? Um, Dennis was uh, fair enough. I think it was a very fair point to raise that he felt that initially after last week that there was a lot more positivity outside the camp that than there was within the camp about last week's performance. He did, you know, to a certain degree, you can understand that. It does come up as a bit platitudinous, oh, well done in your performance. But they were angry after last week, and they felt they hadn't got continued the upward curve they'd taken from pre-season. And he was delighted with everything that... this, this Almost everything they planned to do on the, the training pitch had been shown out on the main pitch uh, during the game. They were also very happy with how they had kind of got into Zebra's heads to a certain degree in the scrum. It's good to see. I mean, Dennis is one of... Dennis belies the the notion that... that the old-fashioned notion that props aren't necessarily the most articulate players, but Dennis is very articulate. And I do like the idea is that it does... They, they are listening to what people are saying, 
but that doesn't affect what they think of their own performance that's, a, that's an interesting insight it certainly is and, and talking about performance Paul Boyle put in a yet another huge performance yeah, I think everybody's talking about Paul Boyle. Paul Boyle is on everybody's lips at the moment, all the media, all the fans and, and, and the coaches as well. You know, outstanding in the last two weeks, um, has really sort of adapted to this environment brilliantly, um, is probably old beyond his years and is, is, definitely, is definitely a player to watch. Yeah, we've gone. We've gone from one of the oldest number eights in the in the league to having one of the youngest number eights in the league. Um, now that we've lost our legend, and, and Paul Boyle looks as though he's um, stepping up. I'm, I'm sure Robin Copeland is loving the fact he's watching a, a young man like that hammer his way through things. Well, I think as Andy Friend said, it's really good for the for the the depth of the squad, and given the fact that there are still players to come back in, and given the fact like people like. Um, Tom McCartney, who who he was who was saying who captained you know the Eagles down in Munster, people like that who have that, that experience have still got to come back in, and the competition that it is going to provide is is what every squad desires. And you know Connett have probably lacked that a few times you know in a, over a few years, but now he's looking at the squad that he has when you've got someone young like Paul Boyle really pushing those older fellas and they really can't take anything for granted. No, no, they can't. And another thing I noticed during the game, which was, was interesting, a lot of our exit kicks were taken by Kyle Godwin, which and he seems to have a huge boot on him. It's good to know. I mean, he remember when we were speaking to him after uh, after the game in Arsenal. Remember, he did say he could. He, he was quite happy to play at ten as well. So that's a good option as well. It's a good option to have two kickers, and I do think there is a there is very much a a trait within Southern Hemisphere, much more in New Zealand, and but also in Australia as well, to have two kickers at ten and twelve. And uh, it was significant that when Craig Ronson came on, he came on for Godwin rather mm-hmm. than for Jack, which I think is you know it's, it's good for Jack. But I think Godwin Godwin seems seemed to be more prominent at 12 than he was at 13 and I think that's significant I think I think we have now have options at places we wouldn't normally have we have options at 12 we have options at we have at 6, 7, 8 I mean we have 4 guys there's a very good injured back row that we would not we'd be quite happy to see out there that wasn't available today and that would and that wouldn't even include Robin Copeland who has to come back in we got to see Colby fine guard but I, I mean I applaud this for Boyle I mean I think the best thing he did was actually to set up Nihi for his try because yes. it was it was it's an obvious what we used to call a shovel pass but he doesn't shuffle he steps draws the man then gives the pass and Nihi again I mean Nihi can't get into the, the starting 15 which says an awful lot about how Matty and, and Keane are going at the moment so there is depth there for players to come back in the guys went very good well last night with a mixture of some guys coming back from injury some real young kids as well I mean there's guys we know about that wouldn't be known outside the, uh, wouldn't be outside the province and one of those last year was Paul Boyle it was indeed. It was indeed. One of the things that that you know, I was somewhat disappointed by. First of all, I couldn't believe how late Zebra arrived here, yeah. and then their warm up. And I, I think I said it to William at, at some stage that that looked like that's the first time I've seen a professional team do an amateur team style warm up. In that they were all in a circle doing things at the same time. I thought, I, I, you know, normally professional teams, each player does what he normally does, and then they get into a team run. I just thought it was a strange... They didn't seem up for it, which is very strange for Zebra not to be up for a game against Connacht. Yeah, maybe it comes after the victory that they had you know, last weekend. Sometimes there's always a bit of a, 
lull after that and, and maybe the travel, I don't know the, what their travel arrangements were. I think Michael Bradley pointed to the fact that they, you know, for whatever reason, they got off on the wrong foot of the referee very, very early. And as he said, there were they had conceded four penalties within a few a few minutes, which was the entire number of penalties that they conceded in the game last weekend. Mm. So I think he was pointing to those areas whereby they really got on the wrong foot right from the word go, and they struggled, you know, thereafter. Okay, let's hear what else Michael Bradley had to say. Michael, was that a case of, of Connacht uh, playing the conditions better and just getting into the game a lot quicker? Uh, I, I thought Connacht were very good. I thought they played uh, very good rugby, as they did last week. And uh, they got the reward this, this week. I, I think we were a bit, uh, I think, tactically naive, really, at, uh, at the start of the match. Uh, we, we overplayed the ball. But we had easier options to, to, to take the pressure off. And we talked about not making it easy for Connacht at the start of the match because we knew that they would have a lot of um, pressure on them to, to get a to get a win this this weekend and uh, and they wouldn't have been short confidence on the basis of how they played so we really needed to to watch our territory and we didn't do that so we deserved to lose on that basis so we made it easy for Connacht but Connacht were far superior today and were you frustrated with the, the, the discipline at times by, by your own side? Two yellow cards, penalties, probably at very crucial times as well. Well, I think our, our trouble started earlier than that, and I think it started in the scrum in terms of inter- interpretation of what was going on there. And um, we, we, we started conceding penalties early in the game, and we put ourselves under pressure uh, from, uh, from the referee. Uh, it's, it's up to us to manage that. Uh, and then... Like in the whole of the match last week, we we conceded four penalties in, in the first ten minutes of this match. I'd say we had four penalties, so we, we were we were on the wrong side of the referee immediately. Um, but that's you know, just good good pressure by Connacht, and I think a very silly yellow card. And I was lo- lucky that it was only uh, a yellow card from Fabiani late tackle. It was it was low, so it wasn't any malice in it. It was just bad timing, but. It was it was not the time to 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 throw um, uh, to, to to cause a yellow card a situation there for us. We went down to thirteen, and whatever chance we had before that, we were in trouble. And looking at the the, the setup, are you happy? You mean you've played two, you've won, you've won one. Is is that sort of? The, are you looking for a fifty percent season? Is would that be considered a good season for Zebra if you won fifty percent of your games? Uh well. If we won 50% of our games last year, we would be in the playoffs. So if you're saying getting into the playoffs would be a, a good season for Zebra, then I would say yes. Is that attainable? Well, if we keep the record going at the moment, yes. <laughs> Michael, thank you. Yeah, that was a pretty philosophical Michael Bradley there. I think he's he's got a bit of work to do with Zebra um, to, to to bring them back to the, the heights they reached last week. Yeah, I mean he he, he I think it's a successful season for Zebra would be to finish higher than Treviso. I think I think I think I think I accept William's point of view that is is a seven seven is a is a fifty fifty season uh, a successful season and yes it would be especially if it means they finish higher than Treviso. I mean that there are all these little 
mini political things that go on in in this league. I mean, who wants to be the who wants to be Irish? Well, not that. So that would be a good season for them. But um, I won't, yeah, it, it's he, he. You know, if I I've seen I've seen coaches a lot more angry after that type of defeat because he because I agree with what you were saying about their approach. They seem very. Like I said, we're very unusual that we would come out 45 minutes from the game from the press box with the team sheets. Not A, not have all the team sheets, and B, meet the team coming in. That's very unusual. Mm. Last team I saw walking in like that was Toulouse, but that was a whole different ball game. <laughs> that was a deliberate ploy. I don't think it was quite like that. Um, I thought some of the things they did today were were amateurish there was a couple of I mean the second year Lockhart is completely amateurish and as, as Michael Bradley said he, he was he, actually again very rare for a coach to admit that you're lucky not to get it not to get a red card mm. but I thought the, I think the first penalty was a little bit strange I thought some of Lloyd Linton's calls were strange today for both sides I genuinely didn't that first penalty I genuinely don't still don't know exactly what it was called for but um, hey look from a colleague point of view, you can you can only play what's put up before you. So if the if the other team wants to be amateur, you've got to be professional. Yeah, and Connacht did look very professional. I think you know you, you're looking at there was a there was a bounce to them this week that was sort of missing last week at times. There was just a bounce to them that was more similar to what we'd seen in Wasps. I, I sorry, more like what we'd seen in Athlone. Well, I, su- I suppose when you've lost a match like you did the opening weekend against Glasgow, you always knew there was going to be a response. And if you didn't get a response, there's going to be something wrong. I think they were... I mean, like, if the fans were disappointed with the with the result last weekend, I think Connacht were were probably cross with themselves about the opportunities that they, that they actually blew t- to win that match. So you're always going to expect a response. And this is a response, you know, that, that Andy Friend would have, would, have, would have expected, would have demanded. And, in fact, the entire squad, because... It is very much a squad who has a big influence on the way that they operate and on their ethos. So I, I wouldn't have expected anything less. I would have expected Zebra to be a, put up more of a match today. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Um, I was surprised with their their response. Um, as you say, two yellow cards. I wasn't sure if your man didn't look in the best health actually for the second, the second, the mm. fellow who, the hooker who. Yeah, was he looked like he had a big he, he, bandage he, on he, his head, he, he a lot did. of blood. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, that what that what's that ill discipline was I found quite surprising, but I suppose when you know Michael Bradley talks about that, that you know if they won fifty percent of their games they would have qualified last season for yeah. the playoffs and he's quite right and for you know it's always small steps I mean Conor when. When Pat Lamphers came, it was always about winning your home matches, you know. And Michael Bradley, you know, has obviously came over here last year. Don't let's not forget Michael Bradley bought this team over here last year, and they did the the double on Mm Connacht the year before. If you remember with Pat Lamb, there was a it was a Challenge Cup match. Remember that was called Mm -hmm. off, and had that match been completed, it was more than likely that Zebra was going to win that match. Yeah. So let's face it, we can't take these teams like Zebra or Benetton for granted anymore. Some people do. The fans expect them to win because they're usually at the bottom. And yes, you know, that expectation is fair enough. But the players can't expect that the players know they need to perform. And this is the good thing about the squad and the competition that's in it yes. and the players who have come in. And it was good to see someone like Colby Fianga on the pitch. And you talk about fellas who want to play Kyle Godwin 12-13 or what positions they can play. And Ken Callagher doesn't mind where he plays if it's on the wing or 15. Well, I understand Colby Fianga can actually play scrum half. So I'm not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> you never know You never know with these players. And that's a good thing about these players who are, who are talented sports people. 
yes. they should be able to interchange some positions yeah, yeah. and I think it's brilliant that they can be all over the field and on the pitch probably more like sevens rugby that Andy Friend might enjoy yeah exactly and we, we still have that sevens thing that we're doing where backs are being lifted at the kickoff, which worked much more effectively this week than it did last week, I think it's one of the things that probably worked on it. I mean, our kick our kickoff strategy last week was non was borderline non-existent. I think I think we we coughed up more. Almost every point that Glasgow got last week seemed to originate from a kickoff from us. Um, it was better this week. Well, like I say, they're still not still not still not perfect. I think we blew a few opportunities. I think I think we well, well Shane Delahunt went over and it got pulled back because it was struck in Taylor. Um, there was a few opportunities that were that were blown. There was a few handling errors in the first twenty minutes, which is understandable. But still, you don't want to have them. So still a lot to work on. But like I say, a lot of competition for places, and you're going in on six points, or you could be going on on zero points, and that's definitely a, a, a massive much better place to be going into and what is let's be frank a difficult away trip well when it comes to the restarts I really don't think Zebra tested Connaughton the restarts at all and in fact I think I think it was Dave Heffernan that probably got most of the restarts and took the ball forward so I, I think when it came to the restarts maybe the yes they had worked on it but I don't think they were overly tested the thing about it is is that Connaught are going to be tested more and more and more and this is a good starting point for Connaught to have got that all it is, it's 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 five points under their belt. They've got that one out of the way, but now they have to go to Edinburgh, and I mean Edinburgh is. We all know that Edinburgh is not an easy place to go to, so. And certainly not with a coach who's absolutely ripping at his team, losing two games in a row away from home, absolutely. the two games they could and, and should yeah. have won. Connor are going to feel the backlash certainly mm-hmm. after that. After that, it looks like we'll probably see um, Bundy, Aki come back in. <laughs> I think I know he's. Uh, I know they said earlier this week. Nigel Carolyn said earlier this week that he was chomping at the bit. He bit during training. He wasn't supposed to be full training, but he was because he wanted to come back in. He was supposed to. He was allowed to come back. I think for the next week game against Edinburgh. And just so just on his bouncing around at the start of the game, Kieran Marmion was water boy, <laughs> and then he had to go and do a warm up, and Bundy took over. Kieran Marmion never became water boy again. <laughs> I think he took all the stuff. And, but it's, and in, it's interesting you're talking about the water boys because if you notice in the first the first game was it James Mitchell yeah. yes. who was the water yeah, boy so it's obviously it's obviously a new development mm-hmm. with Andy Friend that a member of the of the replacements possibly because they know the calls and they yeah. Yeah. know the phases of play etc and they know the messages to pass on um, but I just think going to Edinburgh you know this isn't this is another step up it and is. and what we need to see is we might be looking at you know you've got Bundyaki back in the center you'd expect you know him to take that leadership role that he loves to to lift the, the you know the players. Does, does he come back at twelve or thirteen? I I would say thirteen, and then it's between Tom and Kyle for twelve. I it mean, you know, someone has to be rested at some stage. I mean, Caelan Blades played his two matches. You're gonna ha- you you might you might find that. You, you know, you have players to come back. You've got Tom McCartney to come back. You know, there are several players that are that. Possibly after the first two matches, will come into. Now, obviously, he doesn't. I, you wouldn't want to be making too many changes, would you, after a winning performance like that? Yep. But at the same time, you do have some of those experienced players to come back in. So, do you put. Um, I'm not sure about Robin Copeland's situation with him. Is he going to be fit or not? He's meant to be, uh, from the report I put it yesterday, it looks like he's back in training, but he's just not quite there yet. A bit like Sean O'Brien last week and Gav Thornbury last mm-hmm. week. So, we might see Copeland. I can see Boyle getting arrested next week, given that he didn't actually finish the game. So Yeah, he uh, took a knock and he's played. That would be his fourth game in a row because yeah. he played in Bristol as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, w- I would. I, c- I can imagine give Boyle, give, give Boyle a week 
off just to, to you know to because he's still like 21 like I mean you don't want to I mean given you, you don't want someone like that getting injuries I mean we saw with Dominic Ryan today that you know they can build up and they can end up finishing a career at 28 so mm-hmm. you'd want to avoid that also fine guard didn't do anything wrong when he came on Sean O'Brien was fired up he lined Carlo Canna up and everybody just held their breath and I thought Sean was I thought Sean was excellent so Sean can Sean can go in none of the second rows but we're we're, you know, we're, we're bad today um, Old Nolton can come back in so there's lots of companies he can, he can make no changes or he can make a ton it makes I don't know yeah I think I think Thornbury maybe not up to speed yet mm-hmm. I think he actually dropped quite a few balls he'd probably be very disappointed mm-hmm. with himself so I would suggest that maybe he's not up to speed yet um great to see Sean O'Brien back there but this is the beauty isn't it these days you know once upon a time subs only came on if someone got injured essentially now you're not looking at that you're looking at subs who actually can come on and and do a job they're not necessarily the second choice just because they're on the subs bench and that is the beauty of professional rugby I'd imagine there would be a few changes I don't think you I don't think anti-friend would probably be wanting to make too many changes from a winning side that that has got that momentum yeah, and especially at 10, because again, I was very impressed with Jack Carty and his control of the game. He seems to have moved on. We haven't seen him stutter or have a, an indecisive moment in either game so far this season. Jack is, has, is, is, is developed and developing, continues to develop and gain that maturity and get that authority. Some of the kicks and to touch today were exceptional. You know, he did. It was a tricky wind out there for some of the for some of the conversions. Um, but yeah, he's he's he's. Well, I don't know what the story is with David Horowitz anyway. So yeah, he's a hamstring, and he he's a hamstring. Two, three weeks. You know, so you know, are you 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 have to go to Edinburgh. With Jack Carty, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think there's a choice in that. Well, but I mean, Andy Friend did say that it's up to the guys in the 23 to put in the performance to justify being there. And then, you, then when you have the Eagles games, if those guys, if you if you don't perform and the guy in the in the other 23 does perform and is going better than you, you're out. I mean, that's it, it is ruthless, but I mean, it does it lays down the market. The 23 guys have the jersey today. They're they, did they put a, did any of them would any of them you go yeah you didn't do enough today to justify being there next week I argue no though I do I can understand that there were guys coming back from injury and I didn't see last night's game but there were reports that some of it was very very good so yeah it's you know you're not making changes because you have to you're making changes because you want to and that's a good thing well, actually, interestingly enough, Andy Friend did say that his it wasn't his intention necessarily to use as many players over these opening few games, that it was necessitated by injury. Mm. So he did say that, you know, that it, he may have stuck to actually the tried and the tested players to start with. Mm-hmm. So maybe today, you know, with obviously with Alton being out and James Cannon obviously was on the bench, you're probably going to see, I, I would say, expect another change in the second row there, if Alton's okay. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd want to be looking at, because Quinn Rue seems to have started the season very strongly, like he was going around hammering people, I thought he'd taken some fella's head off at one stage, legally, very legally, but you know, someone you know near the end of the game, because he, he was still playing at full pace as the game went on and he was disgusted when he thought he was the one taken <laughs> off, he was ripping at that. You also got to remember the dynamics of, of the two of the two locks yep. you know, in terms of who who's who's calling the line out, yes. who knows the line out calls, there's always you know, so there's also that dynamic I suppose to, to look at. Yeah, sorry, just, just to explain my point there 
there was a substitution made and Quinn came off and he was going, it's not me, it's not me. But the ref said, no, you're off. And then stood on the sideline <laughs> without changing his top, stood there to show that it wasn't him and that it was Thornbury coming off. And Thornbury comes off and throws his hands up going, why am I being taken off? Which <laughs> is I, what you want. I think, I think if, you, if, you, if you have James Cannon on the bench, you're more likely to you take off your what would be your pivot in yes. midfield. And Thornbury's more of a pivot than Quinn is. Quinn is more the guy hitting the rooks. Um, it's horses for courses. I mean, like I say, the substitutions today were not substitutions you had to make, which is great. You can bring guys in, give them 20 minutes, see what they're going. Like I thought, like I thought, like I say, I thought all the guys who came on, I was, I thought initially, I thought this, we, we actually said it in the commentary box, so we were surprised that you were going to make a change of prop because we just won a prop. We were, just, we were just getting penalty after penalty in in the scrum. And then the two boys come on and they, you know, they wouldn't have as much, certainly Conan wouldn't have as much game time over the last couple of years. McCoy wouldn't have as much game time in the last couple of years. And, you know, they still kept winning penalties at the scrum. So it's good. Yeah, McCoy, the Robertson McCoy has come on leaps and bounds. Like, absolutely. Le- like, last year I was worried. I thought, oh, no, they're not going to bring him on. Whereas now, by the end of the season, he was going, wow. But he's changed his shape. Like, he, he doesn't look like the guy that arrived here. Well, yeah, I suppose it all comes down to, isn't it? Different coaches, different S&Cs, yeah. changes in philosophy. The entire team seems to have trimmed down mm-hmm. quite a lot. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be so much emphasis possibly on, on the weights and the bulk. Um, so, And some it suits some people. And, it, you know, I think it's just it's human nature that some people... You know, some people respond to, to coaches or management, and others don't. And yeah. I think what you're seeing possibly with Robinson McCoy is that he has survived actually quite well mm. for a fellow who hasn't had that many games. Mm-hmm. He's still here, and maybe this is this is what he needed to. He he's been given this opportunity again, and he's thriving in a in a new environment. He certainly is. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. Okay, we're going to go into any other business. You'll hear uh, the women's report just at the end of the podcast. Um, But Dave... Then he had to rush off to go and grab a car. It was parked in a, <laughs> in, 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 a, in a closing car park. In a closing uh, car park. So, um, yeah, any other business? I think we're all pretty much agreed on this. Something is seriously needs to be done with the sound system here. Um, the last two weeks has been diabolical in terms of sound quality. I mean, if you want to get blasted from the TV screen, you have no problem whatsoever. You will definitely hear what's on the TV screen. John Mulligan makes his announcements. You can hear those. The problem is, is that if you're trying to do, I don't know what happened last week when uh, James was doing the interviews on the pitch. I could hear James. I couldn't hear Owen Masterson. This week, I couldn't hear anybody. And I think that was an issue. And I do think the Connacht are aware of it. I think it's definitely to do with, I, I don't think it's a Connacht issue. I'm so, it cannot simply be that. It must also affect the Greyhounds. Whereas it's kind of important if you've got people, you know, people watching a race, they know who's in front, especially when it's four six dogs who look like each other. So something seriously needs to be done with the sound system here. And, 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 and that's from the point of view that, yes, you can't hear some of the, the, the stuff that's going on on the pitch, but then they play the music and you can't hear yourself. Yeah, it's bizarre. It goes from being... It, 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 there, is a, there is a movie phenomenon called The Quiet, Quiet Bang Syndrome, and we seem to be getting that in our... Uh, Very much so. In, Very in, in, much so. Um, it's, it, it's something... It, I thought towards the end of last season we are getting it sorted out, the, the sound levels were fine. 
I mean, I accept that. Who I accept that you're not going to have a qualified sound in your in your box, but it just it needs to be sorted out because, especially Tom, I've no idea who the mascot was tonight for the first time I've ever been to a Connor game. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, play to the young lad. We'll give him a kudos. He did clear the stand with a drop kick. He needed to be known. We didn't know who he was. That's a shame. It's his big day. He normally, you couldn't interview him. You couldn't have that little chat with him beforehand, and that's a shame. And you know, that's a, it's small things, but it was a big thing for him. And it yeah, was. he got a big cheer, but. You know, who was he? That's all he'll remember. Yeah. He'll remember the big cheer. I think he could, we, we can, we'll find his name in the, in the um, programme and we'll, we'll, we'll bring it up. The other kudos is to Zebra, for the first time ever, had fans here that I remember. We could hear them. There was a, a group of, of children that were on the far side and the main stand side and they cheered when they could and when they got to try, it was like the best thing that had ever happened. It was brilliant. Unfortunately, we didn't find out who they were or weren't able to find out because we're on the wrong side of the, the field for it, but it was brilliant to hear. It's absolutely brilliant. I mean, we have to, say, we have to give kudos to Connor to make this game under-16s free. Fantastic mm-hmm. idea. Pity the weather meant to put, would have put a lot of people off going, yeah. oh, do you want to be hanging around in there? But I think for, if they can do it sometime in the new year when the weather's a bit more, when it's a bit more convenient, well, you can't predict the weather, but at a time when you think the weather's going to be a bit more convenient, I think it's a fantastic idea. And I, it's just really good because, again... They might kids might not, especially young ones might not necessarily remember all the minutiae of the game like we would. But at the same time, they saw con- kids that they saw can't win might have been their first ever experience of the sports ground. Parents could bring because I mean it does build up. It's, it does build mm-hmm. up. You're talking three four kids. I mean yeah, yeah. the savings people would have made today. I think it's fantastic. Great approach, and we have to say kudos to whoever came up with that idea. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, and it, it did help swell the crowd a little bit. I I know that it you know it wasn't as big a crowd as we had last week, but in the clan stand. We didn't have as much room as we did last week, <laughs> so it was great to see. Great to see such a such a, a big crowd here. I my own other business um, now that the goalposts are all sorted, um, and I, I have to phrase this correctly now. This, the main stand, the building of the main stand, especially the roof line, could do it a wash. Not the main stand and the people who stand in there. <laughs> as I got as I got Ooh, some abuse on Twitter last week about God. you know people people saying yes we do wash Alan we do. <laughs> I, I thought it was quite clear you were talking about the building. No no no. So I'm I'm just making sure I'm saying that the the, the roof of the main stand <laughs> definitely needs a wash. I think the fans over there are fantastic and make a great noise. And kudos to them. Okay, I think we'll we'll leave it there. Mixed bag of results for Connacht here in the sports round today, William. A great win for the under-18 girls. Um, the women struggled. Yeah, you see two sides of the sports coin here. The under-18 girls were so ecstatic at the end of that game. They were absolutely thrilled. 26-10 winners. A different story for the women, I'm afraid. Uh, Leinster just, uh, I'm afraid that was a hockey in 47 nil. There's no way around it. It was it was a tough afternoon for them. They kept their heads up. They kept trying, but they were outclassed in all areas. Leinster were very clinical, took their chances, got a couple of turnover sort of scores, and despite having a good 15 minutes in the second half, camped on the Leinster line. They just couldn't get over. That's one of those things. It's uh, it's it's the yin and yang of sport. I suppose you you get both sides of it. Great job by the under-18s and fair play to them. They're set up now for next weekend against Leinster. Uh, opportunity to go and win the interprovincial title. Women's senior side have to regroup, get ready for Ulster coming here on Saturday. And they'll want to get a win out of this season. They want to put this performance behind them. And they'll want to... They, they, they'll examine it. There's things they're going to look at. 
just been more clinical, just been maybe slightly better organised in attack. Defensively, they were showing up as well. It's 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 tough, but that's that sport. It is indeed. Let's hear what Connacht head coach Jan Upton had to say after the game. Okay, I'm here with Jan Upton. That was um, a very tough day at the office, Jan. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I suppose anything could go wrong. It went wrong today, but uh, look, we just got to look forward to next weekend. Might be too much positive to take out of it, but we, us as coaches, rate those girls very highly. You know, I suppose the the result doesn't really match what we think of our players. You know, mm. I think they're better than that. But yeah. I suppose next week it's just we've got to wipe these players, learn from mistakes. You know, and we keep con- continuously trying to build. So we'll have to go into next week and try look for the positives and try and get a win. Yeah, like the, the 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 heart and soul that they put into that game, especially in the second half, having let in you know a couple of tries that you're sort of going, oh my god, this could get really bad. They didn't. They they, they camped themselves on the line. Great defence from Leinster has to be said, but the girls really really showed what that you know what it means to play for Connacht. Yeah, like we at no stage were we ever doubt the girls' uh, desire to win games. No doubt the girls' desire to fight for one another. Um, I suppose we got to credit Leinster there keeping us at nil. Uh, fantastic defence by them. I suppose look. It is what it is, yeah. you know. It's it, it's a hard result. It's a hard result to take for us as coaches. But look, you'll have good days and you'll have bad days. We'll just have to take it, take it on the board. Like you will indeed. Thanks very much, Chad. Appreciate Thanks your so time. The Connacht Under 18s girls had an excellent 26 points to 10 win in the sports ground before the women's game. And here's the captain, Avian Riley, and coach Natalie Fox. Okay, I'm here with the winning captain of the Connacht Under-18 girls. Avine, that was some display. Yeah, it was just brilliant. We worked hard as a team and we believed in each other and that's how we won in the end. And you didn't, you didn't seem to bother you when Con- or Munster came back and got a try and there were only four points down with a few minutes to play. It, it seemed to, it wasn't any problem to you at all. Uh, well, that's kind of the thing with us. We always believe it was the same last week against Ulster. We believed to the end and yeah, we just... <laughs> Got it there, got there over the finish line. And are you worried about Lancer next week? Um, no, I'm not worried. I believe in the girls and we know how strong we can be when we work together and we've put in all the hard work, so yeah, that's all we need. Well, that was a brilliant display and well done and good Absolutely. luck next week. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with the winning manager of the Connacht Under-18 girls team. That was a great win. Natalie? It was absolutely fantastic. Unreal, just fantastic stuff. And it, like the skills they were showing were, were brilliant. Some brilliant tries out there today. Oh, I'm, the, the talent that these girls have are second to none. I mean, I, I don't even think they realise how good they are. Yeah. They're super, super talented. They play as a team. They work as a team. Their, their work, work ethic is just fantastic. I, I can't praise them enough. And, like, and when, when Munster came back and got within four points with like maybe six, seven minutes to go, it didn't seem to phase them. They just no. they just upped the gear and went again. They just reset, they went, stuck to the plan, reset, started again and took over and showed them what they're made of. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Natalie. You're very welcome. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until 